podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. boys and girls two-footed podcast on friday january 7th brought to you by eplindex.com and our presenting sponsor liberty shield liberty shield is a vpn provider that's a virtual privacy network which allows you to go online change your location and access things that you are geo-blocked from while also keeping your data safe check out libertyshield.com use the code epl599 and get 599 off your first month first month for one quid $6.99 thereafter, but no contract, no long-term commitment, instant download to your device, get using straight away with Liberty Shield, Trustpilot's number one rated VPN provider. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops which you can find on Etsy. Use the code EPL10 or RED10 at the respective ones and you'll get 10% off at checkout. If there's an issue, Etsy are having some funky stuff with codes, just tweet the EPL Index account or the Anfield Index account on Twitter and they can refund you the, the discounted amount. Uh, Right, folks. So it is Friday. There's no Premier League games this weekend. There is just FA Cup. So we're going to try and make this as quick and as painless as possible. We're going to try and fill some time, basically. Uh, News today. Aston Villa have announced the loan signing of Phil Coutinho from Barcelona until the end of the season. They're going to pay about 40% of his wages. And they have an option to buy for £33 million at the end of the season. Uh, Coutinho has 18 months left on his contract at Barca. What I will say is I think if he does really well there and Villa go back to Barca in the summer and say, we really want to keep him, we're not giving you 33, we'll give you 20. I think Barca take it just to be rid of him. Coutinho has 26 goals and 106 appearances for Barca, but it is hilarious that his most notable moment since leaving Liverpool in January 2018 is scoring two goals for Bayern Munich against Barcelona in the Champions League. That is the most notable thing he's done. It has not gone well for him since deciding to leave Liverpool, but he's reunited with former teammate Steven Gerrard at Villa, and I think if there's anything left in the tank, he can be a very good player for them. I really want to see him succeed. I will always love Coutinho. I don't care that he left under bad circumstances. I just, I love the player. I think he's tremendous. He's the player, or he was the player that many fooled themselves into thinking Jack Grealish was. If he's 75% of what he was at Liverpool, he's a better player than Jack Grealish. 
And it is hilarious that they sold Grealish for 100 million. He now sits on the bench at, at Manchester City and they get basically his idol to come in and replace him. Um, I'll be curious to see what Gerard does, how he uses his new toy. Will he use him from the left of a front three? Ollie Watkins through the middle. And then who's on the right? Leon Bailey is an option. Emi Buendia is an option. I would say Bertrand Traore is an option, but he really isn't. But if they have Leon Bailey, Ollie Watkins and Coutinho as a front three with Bertrand Traore, Danny Ings and Emi Buendia as a backup three, I think that's kind of fun. I think Buendia and Coutinho together could be spectacular. I just don't know you'll get enough goals out of them. Uh, Villa apparently also interested in bringing in a left-back. I think Borna Sosa is the perfect left-back for them. I think he's the one that is gettable from Stuttgart at a decent price. If you think of how Gerard used Borna Barisic at Rangers... Borna Sosa is basically a better version of him. Big, rangy fullback, powerful runner, skillful on the ball, great delivery. I think Borna Sosa is perfect for them. Now, I don't think they can spend a whole lot of money. I think to comply with FFP, they can only spend about $5 million. So maybe they could do a loan with an option to buy on Sosa or a loan with an obligation to buy, maybe. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Rumours are they want to bring in an experienced backup goalkeeper as well. Not sure who that would be, but there's probably a few tipping around on the market. So they'll probably be able to find somebody. They might loan out a couple of their younger players. But Villa look like they'll try and be busy around the margins. Not a whole lot of money to spend, but certainly they'll be able to improve their squad. Another team with very little money, if any money to spend, are Everton. Now, I know they've brought in Michael Enko. I know they've brought in Patterson, but they need to sell Luca Dina to balance the books. They would not be allowed to compete in European competition next season if they were to qualify. They're not going to qualify, but they're so far over their FFP allowance that they probably need this January window and the summer window of balancing the books and not spending a whole lot just to get back in line. That's a little bit unfortunate, because there's the makings of something there with Patterson at right back, Godfrey is a centre back, Michaelenko at left back. It's three three quarters of a good young back four. You need a starting centre back because Keane isn't very good and Mina can't stay fit. I don't rate the keeper. You all know that, but he is England's number one, so you know he is what he is. If you could find a buyer from, jump at it. But you know. He's not a terrible goalkeeper. He's not a good one either. Uh, in midfield, you've got Dekure, you've got Alan. You probably need at least one more. I, I think Tom Davies is a player, but he won't be a player for them. He needs to go somewhere where there's not going to be as a high, high intense pressure on him as there is at his boyhood club. He's another one. I mentioned Ainsley Maitland-Niles for Palace. I think Tom Davies would do really well at Palace. I think given the freedom that... Vieira empowers his midfielders with. I think Tom Davies could be really good there. Um, they've got the front three, Gray, Richarlison, either side of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. 
So if you could get one in midfield, now Rafa playing a 4-3-3 is probably asking for a bit too much. But even in a 4-2-3-1, if that number 10 is someone that can drop back into midfield out of possession, at least give you a dig out, then you've got something going. I wonder if they could be a loan option for Deli Ali. Him behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin with Gray on one wing and Richarlison on the other, that's something that could work. That's something that could be very, very good. They'll have a tough time, I think, keeping Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison come the summer. I think City will have interest in Calvert-Lewin. I think United will have interest. I think Arsenal will have interest. Speaking of Arsenal, David Ornstein has said they are pushing to sign Dusan Vlahovic this window. I don't know that I see that happening. I don't know that he'll be willing to go to a club who aren't going to be in the Champions League next season. I think he'll want a move to a more established club, a more settled team. But he would score a ton of goals in that Arsenal team, be under no illusion. He would score a ton of goals in that Arsenal team. He's also liked by City. He would score probably 35 a season in the City team. He's liked by Real Madrid. He's liked by Juventus. He's liked by most clubs. And it's clear to see why. You look at the skill set, you look at the return, you look at the age, the profile. It it does all foretell a, a strong career scoring a lot of goals. He's sort of, I think, the poor man's Erling Haaland. And that's not to be disrespectful to Vlahovic at all. But Haaland is a, you know, a once every 25, 30, 40 years type of player. That combination of power, pace, build, goal scoring ability. I mean, the last one we saw like him was Adriano. And I mean, that was when did Adriano come to Europe? Was it the early 2000s or the late 90s? Adriano was born in 1982. He came to Europe in 2001. Uh, well, actually, January 2002. Um, Adriano is the last one we saw. And Haaland is a little bit quicker than him. He's not quite as strong as Adriano. Adriano had a ridiculous kind of physique about him. But Haaland is getting there. He is an absolute monster. Uh, Erling Haaland is 21 years of age. So he's 18 years, 18 years younger than Adriano. So once every 20 years type prospect. Um, Manchester City are allegedly eyeballing Erling Haaland. He is their primary target for the summer. Again, David Ornstein with the report. If, if if City sign Haaland, we can all just give up. We can all just give up. If City sign Haaland, it's over for the Premier League. With the money they have, the players they have, and him, I don't see how anyone beats them to the Premier League for four, five, six years. Until Mino Riola gets bored and wants them out of there, I don't think anyone could touch them. Can you imagine a front three of Bernardo Silva, him and Phil Foden? With Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri and Ilkay Gundogan in midfield. 
the likes of Mares, Sterling, Grealish coming off the bench. Cole Palmer as well. It would be it would be unfair. It would be absolutely unfair on the rest of the league. Um, so if City get him, it's over. I still think he goes to Real Madrid. I think he's probably got. I think Mino probably has an agreement with Real Madrid. I think him and Mbappe is the plan, and that's going to be terrifying. Those two, and Vinicius and Rodrigo starting to look like a real player, and a long-term midfield of Camavinga and Valverde, while still retaining Casemiro, Modric and Cruz. If they get the defence sorted, oh, oh, don't even enter the Champions League because it'll they won't be worth your while. Erling Haaland is going to change the landscape of a competition whenever he lands in it. It's as simple as that. That's how special that boy is going to be. 21 years of age. An absolute goal machine. A physical monster. And driven to be the best he can be. And he's got a rival. Not really a rival. Because I, I think there's a strong respect between the two. But he's got someone to measure himself against. In killing Mbappe. He's going to be so special. Um, so, yeah, that's where we stand at the moment in terms of uh, Vlahovic and Haaland. Back to Everton just briefly. Rafa Benitez has come out and said that Luca Digne wants to leave. So that's how they balance the books for bringing in Patterson and Michaelenko. Now, Michaelenko in a vacuum is not as good a player as Luca Digne right now. Luca Digne is a very good left back. He's very good going forward. He's excellent going forward, to be fair. He's a great cross for the ball. He's okay defensively. He's not good. He's not dreadful. He's average defensively. It's his attacking game that makes him what he is. Michaelenko is a better defensive player than him. Not as good going forward. But while you can look at it as a downgrade at left back, you can also look at it as they're getting, what, eight years younger at the position? Luca Digne is 28. He'll be 29 in the summer. Vitaly Michalenko is 22. He'll be 23 in May. So they're getting six years younger at the position. Michalenko has the potential to be as good, if not better, than Digne because of his all-round game. Because he can be very good going forward and very good defensively. That will make him a better player than Luca Digne. You also add in Nathan Patterson. Can also become very good going forward and very good defensively. Potentially could be great going forward, depending on how he's used and how he develops. But if they're signing the two of them for, I think it's 32 million or 31 million maybe, up front plus add-ons, but if they can get that or a bit more for Luca Digne, then, well, yes, it's a slight downgrade at the left-back position, 
they might be improving the team in the aggregate because I would say Patterson and Michaelenko is a better fullback pairing in 2022 than Seamus Coleman and Luca Dina. So Everton may well find themselves getting better. Now, anytime you lose one of your five best players, and that's what Dean is, one of the five best players at Everton, Calvert-Lewin is better, I think Alan is better, Richarlison is better, and I would say, a lot of people would say Decoure is better. So Dean could be, he's fourth or fifth, he's somewhere there. But if you're getting two excellent fullbacks who have the potential to be in your team for a long, long time, and can also both become two of your five best players, well, then I, I think you're ahead in the aggregate. If you take fifth and Coleman is the 11th best player in the team, you're averaging out at about eighth. So you're losing about your eighth best player. I think Michael Enko walks in. He's probably the sixth or seventh best player. Patterson walks in. He's probably the eighth or ninth best player. I think they're probably coming out ahead in the aggregate immediately, let alone what they can be long-term. So I think this is good by Everton. Like I say, they need to get a centre-back in to go to complete that defence. I'm not sure who that would be. I'd need to have a think. It needs to be someone who's aerially dominant but good on the ball. It needs to be somebody that's... Kind of what people think Tyron Mings is until they actually watch him and realize he's not a very good defender. But that type of aggressive, aerially dominant defender, someone that reads the game well, it's not something Mings does particularly. They, they need to get a find of Virgil van Dijk. Now, again, there's there's one of him. But Maxence Lacroix could, be, could well be the guy. Now, I don't know if they have the money. I don't think they'll have the money to do that, not now, they definitely don't have the money now, I don't think they'll have it in the summer a Sven Botman could be ideal, it it looks like he may find his way to Newcastle, having turned down an initial first move there, he's now being linked with Newcastle again, and apparently again, according to Ornstein is now keen on the deal so the question would be, how big is the bag of money they've put forward, because it's got to be huge it's got to be in the 150000 a week range, similar to what they've paid Trippier. It's got to be up there. Now, that's a lot of money to take down with you into the championship if they get relegated. But Botman would be a great signing for Newcastle. And rumours are they still want Diego Carlos from Sevilla. Sevilla apparently open to a sale at around $35-40 million. Newcastle may well go to that price. Why wouldn't they? It's it's worth it to stay in the league. If they could get Carlos and and Botman, it could be a very good pairing. They'll be front-footed, they'll be aggressive, they'll be dominant, good ball players. There's two worries. One, Diego Carlos loves to give away penalties. Absolutely nothing makes Diego Carlos happier than giving away a penalty at an inopportune moment. It is just what brings him joy in his life. The other more real concern is the lack of pace in behind because Kieran Trippier is not quick. Carlos is not quick. Botman is not quick. If, if they get turned and forced to chase towards their own goal, that could be an issue, especially if they're playing a high line. Now, if Jamal Lewis is the left back, he can at least cover for Botman, but you're going to be struggling down that right side. 
Uh, they have confirmed the signing of Trippier. Uh, 12 million plus add-ons. Um, look, it is what it is. I don't... He wouldn't be somebody I'd sign. I don't... I'm not a particularly big fan of Kieran Trippier. He's it got... Takes a good set piece. He's a good cross for the ball. Doesn't really do a whole lot else. You know, he can't beat a man. If you mark him tight, he's not going to offer anything other than set pieces. He's not a good defender. He gets exposed in a back four consistently. He lacks pace. He lacks real turning ability. He's got bad hips. He wouldn't be one for me. Wouldn't be one I'd consider. But look, Newcastle just desperate to get in a name. They wanted a name. They wanted to announce that they were here. And signing an England international does that for some people. Now, the idea that he's going to massively improve them is just a false dawn. Because both Kraft and Mankiw are better defenders than him. He is better going forward. And he does take a better set piece. But when Newcastle are having 35% of the ball against a lot of teams. And there's not going to be many set piece opportunities. And he's having to defend for his life. I don't know that he's going to be very effective. I do think it could be beneficial for the tune if they played Joe Willock in that right midfield spot. Because he's got the pace and the energy to cover back and help. And he'll also play narrow, which will leave the channel for Trippier to work in. So that could be something that does benefit them. But until the, until I see what centre-backs they bring in, I'm, just, I'm of the opinion the defence has already gotten worse this window. Um, moving on. Arsenal will wear a white kit in the FA Cup in an initiative to combat knife crime. So they've released a brilliant little video. Uh, Idris Elba, Bakayo Saka, Emile Smith-Rowe and Ian Wright. It is fantastic. The video is brilliant. The campaign is called No More Red. So they've gone for this white kit. And let me just say... This kit is a triumph. It is absolutely spectacular. It's so clean. The Arsenal crest looks great on it. The the Adidas logo is great. Uh, The Emirates fly better thing is what it is. I, I don't know that any company has a good logo that looks good in a football shirt. But this does look absolutely tremendous. They're not going to put it on sale. Um, the kits that are worn in this game will be donated to different charities, different organizations that are looking at, you know, helping reduce knife crime and helping victims of knife crime. So, um, this is a once off type of thing, but if they put that thing on sale and donated all proceeds to victims of knife crime and combating knife crime, I think it would sell incredibly well. It is a stunning kit. Uh, Liverpool have reopened their training ground following their COVID outbreak. And um, Peter Krawitz, the assistant manager, he is in charge as Klopp and Linders are absent. Uh, Arsenal fans, of course, having a meltdown about this, which is just a joyous occasion for everybody. Um, That's basically it for the transfer news. Um, Samir completed his move from Udinese to Watford. That's a good signing for them. Quality centre-back coming in, left-footed, used to playing in a back three, 
which does make sense. Uh, if you look at the players they're bringing in in this window, it does appear that Watford are moving towards playing a back three. So Samir is, like I say, he's a left-footed player, has predominantly excelled in a back three. Kamara, Hassan Kamara, the left-back they brought in, he's best as a left-wing-back. That's his best position. You look at Nicholas Nkulu, he's going to be best at this point in his career in the middle of a back three. As an organiser, as a leader, letting players know where they should be. I think that's very, very good. I think Seralta will suit a back three as well. And then you get Ngakia probably as the right wing back. I think that's absolutely fine. Uh, they've still got some work to do, but at least they're going in the right direction, making some moves, showing ambition to stay up, which we're not currently seeing from Burnley or Norwich. We are seeing from Watford. We are seeing from the Toon. Speaking of the Toon, Southampton have petitioned to the Premier League that players signed in this transfer window are not allowed play in games that were postponed pre-January due to COVID outbreaks. Um, This is one of the most foolish things I've ever heard. It also is a good indicator to Southampton fans that, well, you're not signing anybody this window, so don't get your hopes up. Um, But what if players have left? Like, are they meant to come back and play in these games? It's garbage. The transfer window was there for a reason. And if Newcastle have a stronger team than they would have had when you play, when you were meant to play them, tough, basically. Tough. It is what it is. Put your big boy pants on. Go and play the game. Before we go to the break... One player from each club who needs to leave this summer, either because the club just need to get rid of them or because they need to go and have a career somewhere. Manchester City. Well, there's only really one name that comes to mind. And unfortunately, City can't sell him because, well, he can't be sold because he's in prison. But Benjamin Mendy needs to get out. Uh, Chelsea I would have said Saul a couple of weeks ago but he's done really well when he's been given the opportunities of late so I would say Ross Barkley is the player most in need of a move Liverpool, Jordan Henderson no um, it's, it's not Phillips go and have a career somewhere it's not Liverpool you're a championship level player you might be okay at a bottom half Premier League club Scrapping against relegation with a bus parked. But go and have a career and do well for yourself, son. The best of luck. Arsenal. Um, I would say Callum Chambers desperately needs to escape his Emirates misery. When he broke through at Southampton, it looked like he was going to be a real player. And unfortunately, he got stuck between being a right back and a centre back. And never really developed as either. He's probably best as the right side of a back three. And if Watford were looking to play a back three, they'd do worse than look to bring him in on loan, maybe till the end of the season. Um, other clubs in the Premier League that could potentially do with him, 
I would say as a squad option for Wolves might not be bad, especially with Romain Sice and Willie Bolly away. At the AFCON, he could fit in the back three there. Um, if Brighton are going to go back to their back three, could fit in the back three there as well. Uh, West Ham United, there's not many. I think Masuaka makes sense to move on. He's not a left back. He's not good enough to play left wing. He's had some injuries. He's not really good enough to play for a club with ambitions now of European football every year, potentially even getting into the Champions League. I think it's time for that relationship to come to an end. Tottenham, it's Deli Alley. He's had a few opportunities under Conte. He's done okay, but he hasn't done enough really to ensure that he has a real future there. It's been tough for him. Like He was brilliant in his first three, four years in the Premier League. But he's never recovered from the 2018 World Cup. I don't know what it is, whether it's an attitude thing, whether it's a mental thing, whether there's some physical issues, I don't know. But Delhi's a much better player than what we've seen the last few years. He needs to go somewhere and kickstart his career. Like I said, if I was running Everton, I would be looking to get him. I think Delhi behind Calvert-Lewin with Gray and Richarlison would be something that could really, really pop in the Premier League. You put Dukure and Alan as a sitting two. Delhi can drop back in out of possession. I think that works. Um, Manchester United, there's so many options. But I'll go Jesse Lingard. I mean, just go and have a career somewhere. Because you have wasted an opportunity to have a, a professional footballing career by being happy to be a bit part player in a bad era for United. I could understand John O'Shea and Wes Brown and lads like that who stuck around till they were 28, 29, 30, won loads of medals, you know, played at the very highest level, got to play for Ferguson, got to play with great players over and over again. Jesse Lingard's 29 years of age. He's played 222 times for United. He made his debut, professional debut, in the 2012-13 season. He's played 66 games across five loans. I think he's only had one season as a starter for United. 17-18. Aside from that, he's been a squad player. I'd say his minutes total is minuscule for a player of his age. Go and have a career somewhere. Wolves. I He's gone to the AFCON. I would say Willy Bolly. just don't think he's any good. just don't think he's any good at all. Um, move him on. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Do-do-do-do. I mean, Aaron Connolly would have been probably the choice. He has gone on loan to Middlesbrough. So, there's not really a whole lot there. 
Potter uses the squad quite well. Everybody gets a fair amount of minutes. Lacadi is gone as well. He would have been the other one. Solly March, maybe. Just go and play somewhere for the remainder of your career because Cucurella is going to be the left wing back. Simple as that. And you're not good enough in the front, the attacking positions if they're going to play a different formation. So Solly March, probably the one there. Uh, Leicester City. I think it's probably time for them to cut bait with Johnny Evans. He's now rumoured to be out until April, having had surgery. Um, he is just having one injury after that. He is just breaking down, unfortunately. So Johnny Evans might be the one. Uh, also for Leicester, Jamie Vardy's ruled out for eight weeks, um, which is a massive blow. But should mean that Pat Sindaka gets a run when he gets back from the AFCON. Until then, Leicester are in trouble. Because Daka, Andy, and Acho are gone, aren't they? To the AFCON? Or. No. Is Daka gone to the AFCON? See, these are the things I need to look up more. Uh, I've been kind of half paying attention. No, Daka's still there. Yeah, Daka is still there. So they have Daka. They'll be fine. Daka, Barnes, Perez. They'll be okay, but Vardy's a big blow. Um, Crystal Palace. James Tompkins? It might just be time. It might just be time to put him out to pasture. Uh, Brentford. Brentford, I don't think there's many, to be honest, because, again, they used their squad quite well. Um, I don't think there's any really at Brentford that... I would say Good is probably... Is it Charlie Good? Isn't that his name? The centre-back, he's not very good. He's not really a Premier League player. So I would say... Yeah, Charlie Good, he's he's the one. It's for the for the club, they should just move him on down the road. Uh Aston Villa. They've turned the squad over quite a bit. There's not many left there. I'll say Anwar Al Ghazi. Go and play somewhere. Southampton. For the good of everybody, Theo Walcott. Everton, Lucadinha is, is the clear and obvious choice here. Leeds United, a whole bunch of championship players they could do with moving on. A whole, whole bunch of championship players that they really could do with moving on. Uh, I'll just say... And any Leeds fans listening, if I say who I want to say. So I'll just... Uh, <laughs> My view is that your captain is not very good. And I think if you want to be a long-term Premier League team, Liam Cooper can't be part of the mix. But I will say...
God, there just isn't many because there's a lot of kids here. There's a lot of kids in this squad that you would want to keep. A lot of very, very good young players that you would want to keep. Yeah, screw it. It's Liam Cooper. For the good of the club, move him on. Uh, Watford, Danny Rose. I, I think he's leaving anyway, so, you know, that saves that. Uh, Burnley, Dale Stevens. Uh, Newcastle. It's either Kieran Clark or Paul Dummett. Kieran Clark is more offensive, um, so we'll say him. And for Norwich, for the same reasons as Liam Cooper, Grant Hanley. He's just not a Premier League caliber centre back. He's a good Championship defender. Now they're. I suppose they are going into the championship. So we'll say Todd Cantwell. We'll we'll just say Todd Cantwell, who may well be on the move this month. Uh, when we come back after this quick break, we will do the uh, a quick look through the FA Cup fixtures, see what ones might be fun, and uh, the gossip and will be done. I'll see you in a few minutes. Right, welcome back. So, uh, we have FA Cup fixtures to quickly run through. But I'm going to give you the spoofer's guide very quickly to the AFCON. And this is a spoofer's guide. So, just a couple of players to watch for. Um, Burkina Faso, Edmund Topsaba, centre-back from Bayer Leverkusen. Keep an eye on him. Big, big talent. Someone that I think would be a spectacular success in the Premier League. Keep an eye on him. Bertrand Traore, obviously, in that squad as well. Very talented but frustrating player from Aston Villa. But Tapsapa is the one to watch in the Burkina Faso uh, group. For Cameroon, Zambu Nguisa, he's the one to keep an eye on. He is an outstanding player. Really good for Fulham last year. Really good for Napoli this year on loan. One that absolutely belongs in the top five league. He probably will end up staying at Napoli, but the Premier League will will loot, will miss him if he goes because uh, he's, he is excellent. Don't know anybody in the Cape Verde squad other than Roberto Lopez, 29-year-old, Irish-born, playing for Cape Verde. I think his dad is from Cape Verde. Um, born in Crumlin, plays for Shamrock Rovers. Bohemians previous to that. Decent League of Ireland player. No idea if he's good enough to play at the international level, but best of luck to him. He has my full support. Haven't a clue about anybody in the Ethiopia squad, so best of luck to them. For Guinea, it's all about the midfielders. Nabi Keita, everybody knows. Amadou Diawara, everybody knows from Roma. Agabu Kamara from Olympiacos, very, very talented. Iliex Mareba, everybody knows him. From RB Leipzig, very, very talented. Maddy Camera, not in the squad, injured, unfortunately. He was a big, big blow for them. He's a very good player. Um, aside from that, don't know Nielsen, their squad. Uh, Mali Malawi, not a clue. Not a clue. Charles Petro, I think I saw him play once. But other than that, not a clue. Uh, Senegal, obviously, really strong squad. Eduard Mendy, Kaladou Koulibaly, Abdou Diallo, Paris Saint-Germain, very, very good. 
Bunasar, the right back from Bayern Munich, he's a decent player as well. So strong defence. Idrissa Gay, Czech Koyate, Nampali's Mendy. These are all midfielders that we know. Papi Matar Sar, one to definitely watch if you are a Spurs fan. That kid is a huge part of your future. So keep an eye on him. Uh, obviously, Sadio Mane. Ishmael Asar, him being in the squad is a disgrace. He should have been left at home. He's injured. And Kieta Balde, who for some reason people thought was going to be great for a couple of years. Uh, not a notion who these players in the Zimbabwe squad are. Admiral Musque. Musque. Don't know the player, but he plays for Luton. Uh, Jordan Zamura, I do actually know, plays for Bournemouth. Um, so yeah, a couple of couple of players of uh, of note for the English football fan, and David Moyo of Hamilton Academical in the squad as well. Comoros, uh, not a clue, not a breeze. Don't think I know a single one of these players. Generally, don't think I know a single one of them. No. Not a clue. Uh, Gabon, okay, everybody knows Aubameyang and Lamina. They're both going to miss a couple of games because they got COVID because they were having a good old time like a pair of dopes. Um, young Elia, or young Ella, Ulrich Ella from uh, Brighton is the only the Premier League player of note that I've even heard of. Ghana, there's a lot of talent in this squad. Joe Wallacott of Swindon, I love his story. That's a great one. Uh, Baba Rachman of Chelsea on loan at Reading should have been a great left back. Chelsea spoiled him. Um, he's still only 27, which is mad. Daniel Amarty of Leicester. Everybody will be aware of him. Jonathan Mensah is a decent player. Gideon Mensah is the star of the show at, at left back, though, in terms of defenders. Thomas Partey, top class midfielder. The real talent is in the attacking midfield and wide forward kind of areas. Mohamed Kudus is a star in the making of from Ajax. You've got Abdul Fatawa Ishaku. He might be the best underrating player in the world right now. Jordan and Andre Ayew, everybody knows them. But the real star is Kamaldine Suleimana. Keep an eye on Kamaldine Suleimana at this tournament. This kid has a real, real chance to be great. So keep an eye on him. Uh, the Moroccan squad, a lot of names that you'll know. Bono from Morocco. Romain Sice, Ashraf Hakimi. Adam Messina of Watford. Ilias Cher of QPR. Uh, Imran Luza, obviously, of Watford as well. Another talented player there. Amrabat from Fiorentina. He's a decent player. Sophie and Buffal still kicking about. Seems to have been around a long time. Yusuf N. Naziri is the star up front. Munir El Hadidi, who came through at Barca, was meant to be the next Messi. Hasn't quite worked out. But he's, you know, he's still kicking around at Sevilla. Uh, Egypt, it's all about Mo Salah. They'll rise and fall with Salah. But El Neni, Ramadan Sophie, and Trezeguet. Also names that you should know. Uh, Guinea-Bissau, don't know anybody from there. No, not a clue. They seem to have a much squ smaller squad than everybody else, do they? 
They do. They seem to have a smaller squad. That might just be my eyes playing tricks on me. But they seem to have a smaller squad. Uh, Nigeria, they've been decimated with injuries. Simeon out. Dennis out. Igalo's now out. It's not great for them. But Samuel Chukwesi's in the squad. Henry Onyekuro's in the squad. Ahmed Musa, formerly of Leicester. Moses Simon, he was once, once linked with Liverpool. They are all there. Peter... Oliinki, he's a Oliinka, he's a decent player. Uh, Alex Awobi, Wilf and Didi, Joe Aribo, some good midfielders. Frank Onyeka, good midfielders in the squad. Not enough of them, but there's good ones there. Uh, Ola Aina is the only defender of note. I don't think I'd trust the rest of them to to mind an empty room, let alone stop goals. Uh, and I'm not familiar with any of their goalkeepers. I uh, don't know any of the Sudanese team. Algeria, Asa Mandi, not a big fan. Was that Sevilla for a number of years? Can't really defend. Uh, ben Sabani, the left-back from Borussia Mönchengladbach, he's decent. Not a clue. Riyad Mahrez, obviously, is the big name. He's their, their biggest talent. Islam Slamini, he was at Leicester failed badly, and Saeed Benrahma, obviously talented player at West Ham. Adam Onus is a good player. He's at Napoli. A little bit too much of an ego for my taste, but he's a decent player. Don't think I know anyone from the Equatorial Guinea side. Uh, Ivory Coast will be one of the favourites, as they always are. Uh, Serge Aurier is there. Eric Bailly is there. Odilon Casanau. Cassano, he's really good. The other set, the other young centre back from Bayer Leverkusen, one to keep an eye on. Willie Bolly's in the squad as well. Uh, Frank Kessie, Max Cornet, Jean Michel Seri, who is still at Fulham somehow, but at one point was one of the highest rated midfielders in Europe before joining Fulham, obviously. Um, does talent in midfield? Hamid Traore. One very much worth the watch. Very, very much worth the watch. He's the older brother of the the kid at United. Um, Ahmed Diallo. He's very, very good. Now, I'm just reading that the relationship between the two of them has been questioned and they may not actually be brothers. If they're not actually brothers, that is kind of hilarious. But um, to my knowledge, they were brothers the last time I checked. Uh, Max Gradle, he's been around a long time. Nicholas Pepe, Wilf Zaha, Jeremy Boga. Three really exciting wide players. Not really anyone to do the putting of the ball in the net unless Sebastian Haller can carry on his Champions League form. He is a very good player. And if that clicks, that front four could be great, especially with Kessie behind, plus Cornet maybe as a left-back, Aurier right-back, maybe Bailly, and Kasuno as the centre-backs. That could be a very good team. Uh, Ibrahim Sanger in midfield as well from PSV. That's actually a really good squad. They might just be my favourites to win the whole thing, looking at that squad. Uh, Sierra Leone, don't think I know. Idris Kanu, I've heard of. He plays for Peterborough. Um, don't know anyone else. Gambia, Omar Kali, not very good, but he's there. 
Um, uh, Darbo is very good. The kid from kid from Roma, he's a talent. Um, Mali, always good options in midfield. Do you have anything in defence for me? No. Uh, midfielders: Amadou Haidira, Didier Samasaku, Lasana Kulabali. These are decent players. Yves Basuma, obviously. Musa Gineppo from Southampton. Uh, Mohamed Kamara from Red Bull Salzburg. They're all about the midfield. They don't produce any defenders or attackers. Worth noting, but they're all about the midfield. They've got about seven really good midfielders and nothing else. Um, the next task for Malian football, develop a couple of defenders. Take some of those midfielders, turn them into fullbacks. Um, don't know anyone from the Mauritania squad don't know Tunisia, Omar Rakik, that's the young kid from Arsenal, uh, Kareem Rakik's brother, very, very highly rated. Surprised he didn't stick with the Netherlands like his, his brother's actually playing for Tunisia as well? No. No, his brother does play for the the Dutch national team. Uh, It's only him. Yeah, his brother's got, well, he's got four caps. He probably should have gone for Tunisia himself. Um, but yeah, he's the only one I know there from those defenders. Uh, midfielders, not a clue. Oh, uh, Hannibal Mejbri from Manchester United. Very, very highly rated. God, Tunisia's squad's not up to much, is it? It's not a whole lot there. I'm going to go ahead and say that Ivory Coast potentially potentially have the best squad or the best potential first 11. Um, that's after their, one of their goalkeepers. Was he their first choice goalkeeper? He was. Their first choice goalkeeper is banned because he took a, oh, a banned substance. Oh, dear. Um, well, that's you in the bin. But I'm still going to go with the Ivory Coast. I'm going to go with the Ivory Coast. I think they've got the most talent balanced through the squad. Good midfielders, good defenders, and a lot of exciting attackers. If Halar and Kwame, who's from Fiorentina on loan and Anderlecht, if those two can score the goals, they might be okay. No, not okay. They might win the whole thing. Uh, Right, FA Cup fixtures. Let's run through these. So tonight we get Swindon versus Manchester City. City with their traditional tough draw to begin an FA Cup campaign. Tomorrow at 12.15, I love the FA Cup. FA Cup Saturday, by the way, is a sacred thing. If you grew up in the 80s and 90s, FA Cup Saturday matters to you. If you grew up after that, doesn't, but, you know, sorry for your troubles. FA Cup Saturday matters. One of the great things about the FA Cup is the random-ass kickoff times. So, 8 p.m. tonight, Swindon, Man City. 12.15 tomorrow, Mansfield versus Middlesbrough. 12.30 tomorrow, Hartlepool-Blackpool and Bristol versus Fulham. Should be a decent game, that one. 12.30 also is Burnley versus Huddersfield. I think that's a potential upset. Burnley without a few players, without Dyche. Watch for Huddersfield as a potential upset there. Coventry versus Derby is an interesting one. 
Coventry started the season really well, but have fallen off a bit lately. Derby, despite being nailed to the bottom of the division, are actually having a decent enough season on the pitch. They'd be comfortably mid-table if not for the points the dedu- points deductions. They're probably in the better form now, so keep an eye on that one. 12.45, Millwall versus Crystal Palace, a London derby. Loads of spice in that one. Spice in more ways than one. That one could be good. Uh, 3 p.m. kickoffs. These are t- traditionally magnificent games. Newcastle against Cambridge United. Peterborough Bristol Rovers. Barnsley against Barrow. West Brom against Brighton. Leicester City Watford. Kidderminster Harriers Reading is the one I will watch at 3 p.m. National League, National League North, Kidderminster Harriers, who came in in the second qualifying round. This is their sixth round of the FA Cup already. And this is potentially an upset because Reading are awful this season. The only thing keeping Reading out of the bottom three of the championship is Derby's points deduction. Kidderminster could spring an upset here. Uh, Port Vale versus Brentford, also at 3 p.m. Wigan versus Blackburn should be a decent one. Bit of a local derby there. QPR against Rotherham. Boreham Wood against AFC Wimbledon. That should be a decent one. I might record that and and watch it after. Uh, Hull versus Everton. Chelsea versus Chester. Oh, sorry, Hull versus Everton is a 5.30 kickoff. As is Chelsea, Chesterfield, Birmingham, Plymouth, Argyle, which could be a decent one. And Swansea versus Southampton. Also potential upset in the cards there, even though the Swans are not great this season. I think Southampton will have to rest quite a few players to keep everybody ready for the Premier League. But they're all at 5.30. At 5.45, because of course one game has to be different, it is Yeovil Town versus Bournemouth. On to Sunday then. You get Luton versus Harrogate. So that could be a good one. Stoke versus Leighton Orient. Ah, times. Luton versus Harrogate, 12.30. 2 p.m. Stoke versus Leighton Orient. Cardiff versus Preston. Charlton versus Norwich. Wolves versus Sheffield United. West Ham Leeds. Tottenham versus Morecambe. And Liverpool versus Shrewsbury. And this is what I mean about random ass times. 10 past 5. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. 10 past 5. Why is it at 10 past 5? Then on the Monday, at 5 minutes to 8, because 8 o'clock just doesn't work for the FA Cup, 5 minutes to 8, it's Manchester United versus Aston Villa. In what could be the last game of Ralph Franjic's reign, if things go badly. Um, No replays. So these games are being decided on the day. So extra time and penalties, a possibility in a whole bunch of these. So that's fun. This is a great weekend. The FA Cup is a great weekend. Uh, gossip to finish. Liverpool are closing in on a £60 million de- deal to sign Luis Diaz. I doubt it. As much as I'd like it to be true. I, well, I wouldn't pay that for him, but I, I would lo- I'd love to sign him. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo could leave Manchester United if he does not approve of the club's decision as a perm- of a permanent manager, they should be happy for him to leave. Uh, United have offered Paul Pogba a huge new contract. This is just such a stupid thing to do if it's true. 
Newcastle have rejected a bid from Everton for Sean Longstaff. He's at a contract at the end of the season. But the Magpies hope to agree a new deal with the English midfielder. So Newcastle want Dina. Everton want Longstaff. Surely there's a deal to be made there. Surely there's a deal to be made there. And Longstaff would give Newcastle a good option in midfield. Newcastle and one other Premier League club are keen on Todd Cantwell. Cantwell's a good player. He's a good player. He's not been the best behave of boys for the last eight, 18 months, but he was promised a move that was then denied. He He's earned the right to, uh, to leave now. Newcastle are preparing a £10 million bid for Issa Diop that will get laughed at. Uh, Liverpool's Divock Origi and Dominic Solanke are among the players Newcastle are monitoring you can have Divock just pay a decent amount of money two Premier League clubs are in the running to Phil Coutinho that's already done uh, Maurizio Pochettino is ready to accept any offer to become Manchester United manager so desperate to leave PSG uh, Tottenham are set, set, set to make a fresh approach for Damasher I just think that's a horrible signing I really think it's a horrible signing. Chelsea are not prepared to pay the fee necessary to make Seoul a permanent sign. This is from the Express, so it's trash. Um, the Express have had one good writer in the last 10 years. It was Paul Joyce. He left to go to the Times. Manchester United are unlikely to make any signings this month, but will target a central midfielder in the summer with Declan Rice a potential target. As long as it's Declan Rice plus a holding midfielder, you'll be okay. Um, you could do Declan Rice and Ruben Neves, even though Neves is not a defensive midfielder, he's a holding midfielder. Arsenal have made a player a player plus cash offer for Dusan Vlahovic. Ben Jacobs on CBS. I don't know who Ben Jacobs on CBS is. Um, can confirm an Arsenal offer for Dusan Vlahovic close to 45 million plus Torreira. Can see this one dragging out. Flavich happy to bide his time. Um, storyteller for CBS Sports Galazio. Um, he's also confirmed Newcastle's bid. I I I don't know. I. I'll reserve comment on Mr. Jacobs, but let's just say I wouldn't be getting my hopes up if I was an Arsenal fan. Watford have made a bid for Nathaniel Phillips. Just up that bid a little bit and he's yours. The Hornets have told Danny Rose he will not play for the club again and is free to leave. Leicester and a host of Premier League clubs will need to pay £33 million to sign Club Bruges striker Charles de Catelet. But the 20... 20-year-old's move to the Premier League is a foregone conclusion. Um, well, first things first, he's very, very young for that kind of money coming from that league. Secondly, he's more an attacking midfielder than a striker. Um, he's having a hell of a season, though. 12 goals, 8 assists across all competitions. Just the one assist in the Champions League, but they had a horrible group. PSG, Chelsea, and Red Bull, so, uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Um, Barcelona are considering a loan move for Anthony Martial. 
Uh, Newcastle, too, are interested in Martial uh, on loan. I don't think United will let him go on loan. Barca are eyeing a move for Andreas Christensen on a free. Everton and Newcastle have joined Arsenal in the race for Bruno Gomerich. Uh, Everton can't afford him. I think he would pick Arsenal over Newcastle. Liverpool goalkeeper Loris Karius has seen a move to Grutterfurt fall apart with the Bundesliga side unable to unable to afford the fee and there's no fee he, he just won't give up his million quid is all it is uh, Jamaica striker Mikel Antonio has signed a new contract at West Ham until the summer has that I don't think that's been announced properly I think that it's from 90minute.com uh, I, I didn't maybe maybe West Ham have announced it I haven't seen it no this is a 90 minute understands type of gig so we're just going to rush ahead. Although Graham Bailey's not bad. I don't know who Toby Cudworth, Chudworth, Cudworth. I don't know who he is. But Graham Bailey's decent still. I'm not buying it. I'll buy it when I see West Ham make the announcement themselves. Uh, that'll be me for the week, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the FA Cup. Hopefully your team progresses through to the next round. Enjoy the AFCON. It starts on Sunday. You had your spoofers guide to it. See you Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.